Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. The answers to all the questions in life. So, yes, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. That's that's how it went, yes. That's right, that's how it goes. The the infamous Douglas Adams. So, will our listeners find all the questions around life in this podcast? They'll have all the answers, but they won't Uh, know what the question is. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty important, right? To know which question to ask when you're getting an answer, because... But that's I the can, bit they I, don't I know. can say like red. But so what can is I, the question? Can I ask you a question? Have you actually read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I saw the movie. <laughs> did you see the television series? No, I did uh, not. No. Do you know it started off as a radio show? The first the first script was a radio show. Oh. I cool. I used to have the original recordings and Somewhere. cassettes at some oh, stage, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hitchhiker's cool. Guide to the Galaxy. So the answer to the universe and everything is 42. After 5,000 years of the computer and all that crap, but they don't know what the question is. So if we give people the answers, yeah, I guess they need to know the questions too. Well, that's cool. So yes, 42. Seems a long time since number 40. It seems that way, but it's it's holiday time and yeah, well, it's warm and nice and cozy outside. So most of the time, I also Corona. So most of the time, I don't even know what date it is. Or what day it is. Yeah, Yeah. no, I do get that. I do understand that. And it's not just warm and cozy. It's hot and sweaty. Yes, once more. Once more. Exactly. Yes, once more to the breach, dear friends. And it's going to be a black podcast. Yes. A dark. Yes. But let's have a dialogue about it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Let's have a dialogue about it. But that's a a little bit of a hint. It's a black bottle. It's peaty. And it is the, very and it's freaking the, it's, the magic number is 156 parts per million. Yeah. So and if, the other uh, the other magic number is 9.1. 9.1. So yes, by now if anybody really is into the whiskies as much as you are, you're sitting there going, "Oh, it's cold." <laughs> well, we'll yep. we'll wait and see. Yeah. 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 But life is returning to normal. We have speaking de- speaking dates back on the calendar again, don't we? Yes. We well, do. virtual events anyway. Virtual but, events. Yeah. And don't we love virtual events? Uh, <laughs> said no yeah. one ever. No. They they are... F- well, you know, the fun thing is, if somebody's organizing, um, like, uh, I always forget her name. She's organizing the SPS uh, Saskatchewan. Um or I know who you're talking about. I can see the her standing in front of the Microsoft site yes, on her website. Exactly. And it is so, um, her. so she's organizing SPS uh, Saskatchewan. Somebody's organizing something in India. It doesn't matter. We can all just 
listen to the to it and we can all just participate and we can all go so instead of me having to wait a year until we've got sps here in belgium i can now do i can now actually travel frankly, all over the world yes I can just every week there's something going on and every week there's something, some session I can watch. True. It's awesome. Does it take the magic away from it though? It does. It does a bit, doesn't it? Yes. It used to be quite cool. When you spoke at New York, you were really quite proud of being invited to go to So freaking proud, yes. And now we're speaking at India in a few, in a month's time. Yes. And uh, in Germany. Yeah. And you're speaking in... Uh, Teams Fest and uh, Teams uh, Day Online number two. So some of them have locations and some of them are just things. Online things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is probably the right way to go with them. But anyway, so. speaker season is back up. And we actually have something that we want to play that we recorded about a week ago, didn't we? True. True, true, true. Yes. I don't know whether people that are, are actually speaking at virtual events or listening to virtual events understand the technology behind it. Um because most of the time they just say, oh, it's Teams. But yeah, it's quite more complicated yeah. than that, isn't yeah. it? Well, you can make it more complicated. When I'm doing the session, I'm just talking with a PowerPoint that I'm sharing on Teams. So for me, it's like dead easy. But you've got wow. some people and it's just those people who just do everything difficult in life. So people who used to work on an oil rig in the ocean, people who are running crazy distances every day, like those crazy people that also want to do their session in an, such a crazy way. It, 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 it okay, so can looks I just, awesome. Can I just translate this for people? Yes. So Moren's too freaking lazy to do it in a <laughs> exactly. quality, high, I'm a millennial, way. remember? That's true. He is a millennial. And uh, so, yes, it's a bit like me, last minute, uh, just stand in front of the camera and go for it. But we have people like Dylan Haynes. Yes. Dylan's uh, an old friend of ours. He listens to the podcasts. He shares his whiskey. And he posted a few weeks ago uh, his, his setup. So he wanted to be able to do multi cameras. He wanted to be able to yeah. uh, switch during his. And, you know, and I said to him, man, that must be impossible. I can only focus on what I need to teach people. And yet he does live mm-hmm. demos from different angles and everything else. Yeah. So we invited him along to explain why. And how, and how, yeah, and the technology behind yeah. it. So, let's have a listen to Dylan. Dylan Hayes, how are you doing? Welcome to Office Three Six Five Distilled. Um, hi, guys, and everybody out there listening. Um, I'm doing great. Um, it's an interesting world we live in, and. Just like everybody else, every day is a new day and a chance to try and work out how we relate to the world around us and what's changed since last time we looked at the news or last time we did something um, in the old days. Uh, I actually... When was the last time we all got together? I guess it was Leicester. Uh, Leicester. Leicester. Leicester, yes. Yes, indeed. And it seems like a long time ago. I, I talk about the world now as being BC and AC, isn't it? Before and after Corona. I wonder where that was going for a minute. Yeah, okay, Black Lives Matter, you know, inclusiveness, (laughs) AC, BC. I really wondered where that was going. Uh, Yeah. But but there you go. So that was BC, what would you say, three months BC, wouldn't you? Or four months, was it? Four or five months BC? Maybe four, yeah. I think so. It's November. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that, that you were new to this podcasting thing. So is this kind of, you know, are you losing your podcast virginity on this call? Um, I would have to confess that, yes. So be gentle with me, please. All right. We'll be gentle. <laughs> we'll be nice. Well, we, we basically started on this because we exchange Twitter messages all the time. You're always honest with us and tell us how good or bad we're doing. Uh-huh. And uh, we all like to swap whiskey stories. And uh, have you listened to episode 40 yet? I have listened to episode 40 and it is a good one. I, I love each episode and I tend to listen to the one very long run. So when we get to the bit about the whiskey, it, it's kind of surreal at 7.30 in the morning, listening to two guys talking about whiskey when the only liquid you're interested in at that moment is water. <laughs> Rehydrate. You mean you don't put whiskey in your cornflakes, ball then? Uh, sh- uh, you know how runners carry around little bottles of drink with you? Um, mine's a clear liquid. It could be gin. It could be water. It's who knows. The reason that we're here, because uh, we saw you post a, a nice image of your, uh, I don't know, um, broadcasting control center. Because, you know, we all talk at these SharePoint Saturdays and it was great when we all get together, which is cool and exciting. And uh, I don't know how you deal with the virtual world kind of feels like a non-event when you do these sessions nowadays. You know, oh, yeah, I got it started. An hour later, you've finished and you go and water the plants or something. But I was kind of really impressed with one or two things, like, you know, you've got different camera angles and all that kind of stuff. And Maureen and I often talk about what control wear we put in to be able to do this. So, yeah, you know, start on your voice or start on your cameras. But, you know, what's the basic setup that you've put in place? Uh, well, the basic setup is the first decision I made, um, having talked to a few other people, is that a laptop camera is not flattering at all to anybody because most laptop cameras look up people's noses and they give you far more chins than necessary. So the very first thing to do is to get a camera stuck up on top of the monitor, ideally a good quality camera. And the next thing, of course, is a better microphone because a laptop microphone is situated next to the keyboard and the fan, which are the two noisiest things on most computers. All right, cool. So what camera did you go for? Can you remember? I went for, um, it's just sitting in front of me. It is, in fact, a Logitech. Um, which one is it? It's the uh, the 930E. Um, ah, I can send yes. you the link. Which no, is that's okay. A- I, I ordered one of those as well. And then Moraine mm-hmm. brought over his Logitech Brio when we mm-hmm. when we did the global event, yes. didn't we? Yes. So I immediately, luckily, Amazon hadn't delivered it yet, so I cancelled it and upgraded. So yes, great camera. Great yeah. camera. The Brio is the one I would have bought if budget had been infinite and I had known there was a pandemic coming, but the six sorry, the uh the 930 was the best I could afford on the anticipation that I wasn't actually going to be using it every day for several hours. The most important part with getting a visual setup is is get the light the lighting mm-hmm. order. So did you do anything on that as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Um I, I strangely I refitted my home office in December and honestly I didn't have insider information about what was coming but I refitted <laughs> my office and um I I got carried away with some boys toys and I've now got three different hue lights within the office and I've got the hue desktop app so I can literally from the app I can dial up different forms of light which is kind of fun so you can put the right amount of light into the office uh, and it's all controllable from the desktop which makes it super easy to do so you you can counter any lighting within coming in through the window or anything like that which is a really nice way of doing it because when you're recording video you you need to have some decent bright lighting um, otherwise your face just isn't going to come across very well 
And so I've got I've got fairly bright hue lighting behind the desktop and I can dial it up when I'm recording and then I can turn it down when I want to go back to not recording. So that's cool. That's awesome. That, yeah. So yeah. are you just using white lights or do you use any colors at all? Well, interestingly enough, um, I recently did a talk where I was doing it in the persona of an evil supervillain. As an evil supervillain, I had a sort of greenish light on one side and a sort of bluish light on the other side to give me that sort of um, supervillain look, really, that you all strive for. Uh, I couldn't manage an underground base, but at least I had the lighting. And uh, and what techie subject was the, the evil supervillain talking about? Um, the evil supervillain was actually talking about uh, information security within Microsoft 365. So essentially, it was a way of making the quite dry subject of things like uh, information rights management and just things you can do to improve your security into just a slightly more thrilling subject, because you can imagine that a lot of films would have had a very different plot if, for example, the evil Galactic Empire had actually put some DRM on their documents, then Star Wars just wouldn't have happened the same way, would it? That is very true. Yeah. In fact, Maureen and I are stepping our toe into security for uh, a SharePoint Saturday in India towards the end of the year. So we're, we're basically going to take a podcast, a recent podcast, 39, I think it was, yeah. and kind of, uh, you know, how security affects the end user. And I'm trying to do the same. I'm trying to work out how can we can present this, you know, and actually uh, show, show people going through the different levels and the good levels and why you need them and and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's interesting. So are you going to be the supervillain, Moran? I would love to be the supervillain. You can be the supervillain. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, cool. Yeah. So also in your piece, Dylan, you talked about having multiple camera angles. So you obviously still use the laptop camera or you've got an old camera that you use for something else so you can switch angles, which also makes it, I guess, kind of fun for the, the viewer to be able to see you from different angles. Um, my wife's a teacher, and in teaching, they use a camera they call a digitizer, which is essentially a it's a camera called a Hue as well. I'll, I'll post you the notes afterwards, uh, which is a camera on a stalk. Um, so it's actually really, really handy for getting an alternative angle. What I wanted to demonstrate for my evil supervillain talk is how you could use a YubiKey to authenticate into Office. And obviously that's a physical process and a screen share won't work. So I pointed another camera at my laptop so you could literally see the laptop and me plugging in the YubiKey and logging in from there using the other camera. So by flipping camera angles, I was able to make it much more like television, a much more televisual smooth experience than compared to just a screen share and me droning on. So how did you how did you manage that? Did you have a somebody helping you out or did you actually have to you know develop a new pair of arms and be a real super alien? So you could actually do your production on one hand and your demos on the other? Or was you open with people and went, I'm just going to change the camera angle now and bang? Ah, good good question. Because uh, when I first started thinking about doing this, this was the exact question I had of how do I do this? Because it's problematic. How do you manage the medium and the message? And usually when you're presenting, just managing the message is enough to pretty much take your entire concentration. So managing the medium as well is a extra struggle um, when you're doing it live. So what I found is that um, gamers solved this problem years ago. Um, but being gamers, they never told anybody else they've solved it. And there's a very, very interesting product out there called the Stream Deck, which is a simply yes. a USB um, keyboard with programmable keys that has an L LCD display behind it. So you can actually have your own symbols. 
And with a little piece of software that we'll talk about separately called OBS, I could essentially use this to cut between different camera angles like you had a whole production studio there. But I've literally got six keys on my desk illuminated with different things. And by punching different keys, I can flip between angles and scenes and things like that. And it's simple enough that I can do this without losing my track in the presentation. Because otherwise, if you do too many things at once, it's just going to go wrong. So you can, you can actually program as well, can't you? So that you can actually put the whole program in. So all you're effectively doing is going one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten through the presentation, and it's resetting everything the way you want it. Absolutely, because it can run, it can effectively run macros um, with this yep. software called OBS. Um, I kind of wish I bought the bigger one, but I couldn't justify the expense because you can get one with um, twenty keys or something like that. You can get an absolutely massive one, but six is enough just to get going. And the price is reasonable. Well, here's the secret. Buy the virtual one that runs on a phone or a tablet. There is that as well, but... It's the same software on the desktop and stuff like that, but you only pay a small monthly fee. Yeah, I I did consider that, but I kind of like the idea of a physical button because sometimes it's the tangible, the fact you can click it and you can see it work is nice and reassuring because anything with a touchscreen that you're doing something else, it's just too much cognitive load. Um, The other thing I found that's really, really handy is that we've all had virtual desktop, virtual desktops for years. If anybody that came from the Unix background is familiar with this, and Windows 10 does a good job, but we simply don't use them. And they're really, really handy for presenting because you can have multiple virtual desktops and share that screen and you can flip between a browser and PowerPoint quite seamlessly. Wicked. I'm learning so much from this. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and interesting idea. enough, that translates quite well to a physical presentation as well, the idea that you can flip between multiple desktops. I don't know why I didn't think of it before, because I always struggle. I have PowerPoint, then I want to bring up a browser, and I always fluff it up every single time I fluff it up. And then when I go back to PowerPoint, I've lost my place in the slide deck. And I just get it wrong every time. And There's absolutely no need. It's a solved problem. Yeah, the problem is that you're ruining our entertainment. It's true. It's true. There's nothing quite like seeing the presenter struggle and just completely go off the rails because they can't remember where they were in their slide deck. But with this, you can literally flip over. So you, you're using Stream Deck as well, aren't you? Well, let, let's just say I have a Stream Deck and okay. I was planning to use it a lot, but because of I'm left-handed and the problem is I don't have any room on my left-hand side of my desk to put that thing so, mm-hmm. uh, for example, I made a, a shortcut key to take uh, screenshots, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the trouble is it's now located on the right-hand side of my desk. with, And I'm using my mouse with my right-hand side. So I just need to move my left hand to the right-hand side of the de- It just doesn't work at all for me. Actually, it's nothing to do with the hardware. Then it's your brain. No, isn't it's it? it's just my brain and and my the room on on my desk itself. So I need to fix that first, and then I'll probably start using it a little bit more. Then again, I did install OBS Studio, um, and I just need to take a better look at it because uh, I did try to work with it. I thought it was too difficult for me for my mm-hmm. medium sized brain. Um, and now I'm just using, um, what's the other one? Uh, the tool where you can just take video, uh, record stuff. Captivate, uh, Camtasia. Yeah, Camtasia. I'm just using Camtasia right now instead of that OBS. 
So, but I, I definitely have to take a better look at that. But don't tell me. But we now have got an expert. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Now we know the mask. Yes. Sure. Yes. It will charge us by the bottle, probably. By the bottle. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, OBS is actually really good because I've tried a few of the other, um, there's various other derivatives of it because it's open source and they're very much geared towards streamers and who want to stream games. But OBS is quite neutral. It's not particularly set up for any one community. So you can use it for everything. And I, I really swear by how you can, with OBS, you can set up multiple different scenes. And so you can, my, my personal favorite is that you can have PowerPoint and you can have your little camera in the bottom, so you, you can be you can share your script, you can share PowerPoint, and you can still be in there, which which is a much nicer effect than how with Teams or something like that you have the screen share and your videos at the bottom, and you can also set up another screen where you have something else on there, and you can stick a logo in there, you can stick your Twitter handle in, you can put all these extra things in there, and it really does start to look like a professional video stream rather than something you're sharing through the tools and just accepting the tools present presentation as it is yeah cool. i saw some really professional looking uh, things from other people as well where they're they it was kind of like they were on cnn for with all things moving and text and logos and whatever so that looks super professional so i really need to get into that kind of uh, game as well yeah, yeah. One of the things I did with OBS is I talked about the multiple camera angles. I had it set up in the in OBS, so the main part of the screen was the um, smaller camera, which was pointing at the laptop, but in the corner was a camera pointing at my face, so I could fiddle with the laptop and demonstrate something on screen um, that was DRM protected, but at the same time you could still see my face. So, and just by yeah. flipping between different scenes you could do a really nice job of that. And it looked much more like a professionally presented video than just some guy who's trying to do this in his upstairs office. Which it actually was. Which it absolutely was. The the harsh reality underlying the man behind the curtain, as it were. Yeah, but as long as you can hide that and do that. So so I guess my question to you is, how, how much of this was just fun toys to play with with a surprise result? And how much of it was, okay, I'm planning on doing this and this is going to work. So... Uh, were you surprised yourself about how well it all went? I was pleasantly surprised because when I started out with this, I just felt that um, the way we as an industry, as a community, whatever, um, the presentation we do on video is just poor and it could be improved upon. So I set out to find if somebody else has solved that problem and started to work out what bits of solution that we could steal and put to use. So I was pleasantly surprised with the result because it, it wasn't as hard as I thought, but um, it did take a certain amount of experimentation. I'm currently writing a blog post on how I got this set up. So obviously there's my shameless plug for my blog. Oh, of course. Nice. Uh, we'll push everybody towards it. That's that's. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no qualms with that at all. I think it's a good idea. I think we. I think we can all learn from it. I mean, Moraine and I are probably our own worst enemies because we just walk up and do shit. We kind of don't plan and prepare as much as we should do. No. We're terrible. Yeah. But you know, uh, so if if uh, you know if you can come up with a solution that does everything that you said at the push of one button, then I think we'd be happy. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's more than one button. I've got six buttons I can push for starters, and uh, I could have bought the bigger stream deck, and I'd have twenty buttons or even more than that. Yeah. Let me tell you a little stream deck secret. You can create folders, so you can go multiple folders deep with extra buttons. 
you can. I did look at that, but I was thinking that when I'm doing a presentation, effectively, um, I've got the IQ of a um, just my IQ halves or at least halves. So if yeah. it's something complicated, I will screw it up. So I thought just have right. the buttons do what they do without any fanciness because I'm, I'll get lost otherwise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to uh, your processing time halves to do anything other than think about what you're speaking and doing and end result. Brilliant. Yeah. So have, have we forgot anything? What are the little secrets do you have in there before we uh, bring this to a close and talk about the last whiskey you drank? But we'll come to that in a minute. I would say the thing to do is to practice with de virtual desktop because virtual desktop is surprisingly good. The one tip I'd give you is that. If you've got multiple screens, one of the things that virtual desktop does, but it makes it um, quite hard to find, is that you can actually pin an application to appear on all of your different desktops. So if you imagine that you've got one screen you're sharing, let's call this the left screen, and in there you've got PowerPoint on one virtual desktop and a browser on there, normally Teams would be running in the right. And of course, as soon as you flip virtual desktops, you're going to lose Teams. So you can't see what's going on. So you can't see questions. But you can actually pin Teams or OBS or whatever else you want to appear in your right screen at all times. That's a really, really handy tip. So you can still have the same things on one screen that stay there all the time, but be able to move between virtual desktops on the screen that you're sending out. So you actually have different desktops on different screens and actually on some screens you have multiple desktops switching from one to another. Well, you'd have, you'd say you'd have multiple different virtual desktops, but some things you keep pinned on, on, both, on, all, on, of on, on all of them. Um, I yeah. sent, typically I have one screen that's the presentation and one screen that's the management tools for the presentation. And you want to keep the management tools pinned to that for the entirety of it. Um, the other thing you'd want to know if you were doing this yourself is if you're going to send your video to teams you'll need to have this uh, thing called a virtual camera driver which takes the output from obs and yeah. renders it as a virtual camera so you can then plug that into teams or zoom or whatever software uh, otherwise you can't do that unless it's something that uses a stream encoder and it gets a bit more complicated but effectively the simple way of doing it is to look for a virtual camera driver to plug into obs Okay, yeah. I just assumed that you'd put the stream feed straight into uh, Teams. No, I, that that was one of the things that I needed to look at as well, to how to get my OBS and all the layers that you can put on top of it. How can I use that as an input for uh, for Teams? Yeah, but yeah, you need I, a virtual. Say, I think you're a really clever supervillain because it sounds to me this is all very confusing. So to be able to get the great results <laughs> that you obviously do. I think you need to be an octopus, but again, that's why you're here doing this, and I'll just stick with the simple and maybe not such high quality end up response. But that's cool. Thanks, mm -hmm. thanks, yeah. thanks. So, tell us about the last whiskey you tasted. Uh, the, the last, last whiskey. Time I think, just be, to, sorry, I, I'm interrupting you again. So, the last time I think we exchanged stories on whiskey, you just brought some English whiskey. I had to. You just I've... ordered it. That was a few months ago. I brought the Filey Bay, um, which is Yorkshire's first single malt. And ironically, it's just sitting by my desk. I brought it upstairs anyway. And um, it is not even in the last inch club. This is down to the last few millimetres. I'm really not sure, but I thought I would save it for the last time. Um, and it, it's, it's a wonderful whiskey because... It's from Yorkshire, which makes it really quite distinctive because um, English whiskey is quite rare, but Yorkshire whiskey, this is the only one. And it is definitely very, very heavy on the sherry, 
Um, which, not my cup of tea, then. Which is absolutely not your cup of tea. You would probably hate it. Um, it's not particularly old, again, so you probably would hate the lack of depth. But I, I find it quite an approachable whiskey. Um, I don't know. It's a Moscatel finish, which gives it a... Um, a pleasantly sort of orangey fruity type thing, yeah. type of taste. It's right up your street. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Dylan, you say that there's not many English distilleries, but um, in April there was a get together of over 22 English distilleries and only the distilleries that do single malts to look at how they can get together from a marketing perspective to tear, to take on the rest of the whiskey world and, and make sure that English whiskey takes its place because there are some really, really very good English whiskies. And I think one thing they do better than the Scottish, as you say, it's not a very old whiskey, but, you know, even the young whiskies that are coming out don't kind of take your head off. They they found a way of really making it mellow and smooth. Um, I was I was just saying to Marine earlier, I bought a bottle of uh, Cotswold whiskey, which uh, on my whiskey club has uh, won the award of the best um customer whiskey choice over all the other stuff that you can talk about cotswold was the one that said yes it's a great drink and uh, and again so the english whiskies i think is definitely something to to keep up and coming so that's neat yeah I, I like the idea that people have just set out to build a whiskey from scratch and they can't talk about the heritage they can't talk about the sort of mythic nature of scottish whiskies so they have to build a brand from scratch and try and create this this thing without having to rely on the fact that a scotch whiskey in its own right will market itself to a certain extent these days correct we'll start up a series our man in a barrel yes that's a like <laughs> title a man in the barrel all right cool my friend thank you for your time i've really really enjoyed this it's uh, uh i think there's a lot of people thinking about how they can get better at doing these remotes we think about it all the time but we very rarely do anything about it other than buy bigger expensive cameras rather than spending the time and the effort <laughs> to actually calibrate yeah them so you not properly yeah so you give us some good ideas so thank you very much for the time it's and, been a pleasure uh, thank you yeah it's neat and uh listen we'll send you an invite to see whether you want to join us at the end of the year for the one inch club we're thinking of trying to make it a party so you know maybe we'll uh we'll do a a sharepoint something and uh and if everything's near we'll, we'll see whether we can get a few people around and you'll be on the invite list if you want to make the effort absolutely i'd be very very welcoming of that thank you yeah good all right so uh goodbye from us i guess and uh, we'll let you go and you've been for your run so you're not going to go for another run now but i guess food must be on the agenda food's always on the agenda with me i'm afraid <laughs> food whiskey and podcasting can't go wrong with that thanks my friend speak to you later bye-bye goodbye wow that's how you do it, Moraine. <laughs> Listen, well, we're doing India together. Yes. All right. So it's actually at 4 a.m. in the morning local time we have to do this. Yes. So if we do it at your place, I'm expecting that setup. Uh, All right. Because, you know, okay. <laughs> or you know if we what? do it at my you place. Know what? No, 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 no. You know what? Let's do that. Let's, let's get a professional producer in there as well who can switch from camera to camera. 
And uh, uh, let's try. It's, let's it's try my, to make that turn. happen. It's my turn to go. Uh, yeah, let's <laughs> let's make that happen. So it's four four in the morning. Is that too early for a whiskey? Nah, maybe. Well, I think what we should do is do a couple of podcasts from two a.m. to four a.m. Drink a couple of whiskeys and then do the presentation. Very good idea. Then, and any anything they can't understand is just down to a technical problem. Absolutely, yes, <laughs> bandwidth issues. Yes, exactly. but that was quite cool. I really, really enjoyed recording that uh, with Dylan, and uh, true, and then true. we can take it from he's there. He's just an awesome guy. I mean, he he's, is, yeah. he's always doing crazy stuff. So yeah, but he's young, you know. <laughs> yes, yes yes we have your life's experiences yeah. in fact i have two life's experiences behind me and you mm. know but but no he's a really enthusiastic guy and it, it's pretty neat and pretty cool stuff so it that's is, good it's awesome yeah so let's just go into a few bits and bobs and things we've got lists coming out well, we do, yes. So there's been lots of talk for the last few weeks and months around lists, and it, it's time that it's out. Do you know something? I was thinking the other day about how quick this has gone. So in True. terms of this application is there, and then it's not. I know they announced it in July, although they did a big thing about it in July. Yeah, at the Inspire no, or not Build. Inspire, Build, Build, yes. yes. But the first video, the first... So sort of marketing video that came out was quite a long one uh, in by video standards. You know, they had the mm-hmm. product manager. And she went through all of the stuff that was kind of already there. Already. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was looking the other day that that was released two months ago. Yeah. So from that point when that was really the kind of first official announcement to the fact that they're kind of rolling it out as over the next few weeks or it's on the roadmap anyway uh-huh. when it actually uh-huh. it's the tenants yeah. is another question. And if you know how... And you are in a um, targeted preview of your own tenant. You can actually get to go and see it. Uh, so I advise yeah. anybody to search in Twitter feeds and find out how to replace OneDrive.aspx One uh, yeah, with lists.aspx and yeah. see whether you get to see it or not. Yeah. So it is actually there to play with. And I have to say, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Y- yeah. Yeah, I, I I still don't understand the whole appeal because I like my list to be in SharePoint. I've got a collaboration site with some people. Okay, it's got a list in there. I've got a project site with somebody else. Okay, we, we put in a list of, of whatever. The thing about SharePoint, though, is that you have to have the container to get to the content. So if you want a document exactly. library, you create a new site just for the document library. If you want a custom list, yeah. you create a new site just for the custom list. And you do nothing else with the site except manage the library or the list. True. So lists gives you that True. ability instead of you know using Setting that up a whole site. Or just do it in Excel. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> right. absolutely. It gives you that ability yeah. to be able to manage the content with that Excel type feel or functionality plus True. the bells and whistles and the clever shit and then just share it and not have to worry about the permissions of the uh, site and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking today about really needing to get some more information from Microsoft or at least find that information about what's actually happening or in the just, background. Yeah, just play with it and just yeah. see. Yeah, Which mm-hmm. were, it won't be long before it is out and about. That's for certain. No, 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 no. It will definitely it it will be rolling it it will be rolling out now in August. So yep. they they are aiming for a one hundred percent rollout before end of August, if I'm I think not mistaken. So. Um, That's kind so, of two weeks away, you know. Yeah, I know. So I'm I'm every day I'm just checking my ten. Like, do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? But 
Still no luck. I'm, I'm, reality is I'm guessing it'll be September when it, it start, they start in August. It's always a four or five week journey to get around uh, all the absolutely, tenants. Absolutely, yes. True, okay. true, true, true. But, the, but I wanted to touch on this a little bit about the question as to whether or not you go through the process of turning it off because you know what will happen here. You, the, the next release come out will say yes and it will be mandatory on your tenants then everybody will complain and then Microsoft <laughs> will come out with a solution and a PowerShell yes. command. You can't turn it off. No. Then, okay, we'll make it the ability to turn it off. Yeah. But only in PowerShell. Okay, we'll make it in the UI. Okay. But generally most people will try and turn it off so they can kind of do a real adoption. And yeah, and to, to do compliance and governance and whatever else that they always do. But yeah. here's the thing. From what we know about it at the moment, and there are some assumptions in what I'm about to say, we know that they can still sit in a SharePoint site. They, we know they can still yeah. sit in a group. So mm -hmm. from a governance perspective, you're covered. I, yeah, absolutely. Right? You, we assume that they can also be stored in your OneDrive site collection. As a personal list. As a personal list, like yeah. a personal document. And yeah. if you want to share it, it'll be the same as sharing a folder oh, in the library. Yeah. yeah. So from a governance perspective, don't have to go through that. From a compliance perspective, don't have to go through that. From a GDPR perspective, don't have to go through that. So why bother turning it off? True. So... Yeah, you yeah, don't but sound why too bother? Why bother turning it on? Because you already oh, have your list in your SharePoint. It's already turned on. It's oh, going to yeah, get turned yeah, on. Yeah, probably. Uh -huh. All right, um, and your new list in SharePoint will suddenly start to look beautiful. Yes. So, if you turn it off, beautiful are you turning the functionality off on your SharePoint list in your libraries? Yet another question to look at. Well, my my main question is. How am I going to link to it? Because, for example, now I've got a customer where I'm building a, um, um, uh, a social media calendar. So it's a communications team and they're in charge of the social media of the company. And they keep a list with all the posts that they post to Facebook and Twitter and whatever. So that things get approved and all that. But that is sitting in their SharePoint site together with all their documents and all their other stuff. So they just know, okay, I need to go there to find all my documents, do all my daily work. And my list is there as well. So if it's no longer going to be there and it's going to be in its own application, how am I going to link to it so that they don't lose their uh, framework, so that they lo don't lose their SharePoint environment? The structure. Yes. The structure around yes. the data. So... So I still want to keep that in a page on a SharePoint site. So that's your 42. Yes. You have the answer. You now need the question. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah don't worry okay. about it. Read, read the book. Read the book. Okay. But, but let's just come back to that. So one of the things they said in that first video two months ago was that your SharePoint list will still be there with all the same things that you can do. So if yeah. you want to But if I'm now going to click on that, is it going to open lists with that list? Or am well, I going to keep being in that SharePoint side. You'll still be in the SharePoint side, but my, I, and again, these are questions yeah. we don't know the answers no, to. I know, I know. Um, if you look at one or two things like Power Apps, for uh, sorry, stop, I'm just going to rephrase that and go back. If you consider Planner, yeah. when you open Planner, you actually jump to tasks.outlook.com now. Yeah. All right. And it's, uh, it's linked back to your site. You're looking at me as if you don't know this. No, I don't. But, well, I just happened to notice it okay. the other day. But it has a nice long GUID after it now as well, uh -huh. which basically I'm fairly sure that's how it picks up 
the all the permissions and security from it. But anyway, go check it out. But yes, when um, uh, if you're in Teams, of course, I think it still stays in the the app on the Teams. Yeah, but yeah, if you're yeah. doing it from yeah. a group, you click on Planner. And that is the beauty of Teams. I'm always in my team. It doesn't There's matter no with what tab. About it, it, it doesn't matter what tab I'm opening up. I get my files. I get my conversations. I get my tasks. I get my whatever else that I'm putting on my tabs, but I'm still in my teams. And now oh, even with, but, but now with those, with those pop-out meetings and those pop-out chats, it is just brilliant because I can just have my meeting and I can still just go into my, uh, keep going through my team stuff. Happy? Point. <laughs> and, and point and paragraph yes yeah okay i won't take any of that away from you i personally don't like because i think you lose real estate when you're trying to work inside the window inside teams and if you pop it out you end up covering up some of the other stuff and potentially True. defeat the object of having one application where i can yeah but just that's, see my that's where things. those two monitors come in when you're working with two or three monitors then you can just move everything next ah, to each other excellent so is that <gasps> mandatory that. for teams now you need two monitors Personally, I think it really contributes to the uh, output that you can do. Yes. All right, cool. Let's Definitely. get back to our lists. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I know that you're having fun okay, here okay, and okay. I know this is your thing, okay, but let's okay. at least finish the yes. conversation off. So, yes, there are still some, some little unknowns. I personally perceive at the moment, and, and I am in the middle of doing the research and trying to understand it a little bit more, is that it, it will react a little bit like um, uh, forms. I think that's what we'll end up seeing here. So yeah. I will be able to click on the icon that says lists. I will be able to say list in a group, the same as I can say form in a group. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then I'll be able to place it wherever I want to place it. And then from a SharePoint perspective, I will be able to just open the the, the SharePoint list and mm -hmm. it will just open with the web interface and all the new bells and whistles yeah. associated mm -hmm. with lists. I think that's the way this will yeah. go. Because it's Microsoft unlike other fruit-shaped IT suppliers, they tend to have multiple ways of approaching and getting to your content rather than, mm -hmm. you know, minimal, hard and fast ways of doing things, which, yes, adds some confusion yeah. and doesn't. But I still come back to my question is that because the governance and stuff sorted out, I have a choice to make. So do for my clients, do I say, guys, look, sometime in the next three to five weeks, list is going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, there will be a way of turning it off. We always know that's what happens in the end. Uh -huh. So we could turn it off and then we could decide when to do a proper adoption and rollout and then we could release it and, and let yeah. it go out there. Or you can use the three to five weeks that you have right now to already start working on the rollout. Communication. people information. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So they're the two choices. Now, the, we've all had this conversation about adoption before and, you yeah. know, with me, let everybody have everything and sort themselves out. So for me, of course, let's just go and let it roll. It, I don't have to turn it off with a PowerShell script. I don't have to do a change management. I don't have to do a change request to turn it back on again. I don't need to get security and everybody else involved because I'll have that already done. So my choice is, everybody, the, the Steve Dolby advice is let it roll and just get your communications out there, <laughs> put it in your newsletters and away yes. you go. Yeah. But would Moraine do that? Um, no. And there you have it, people. A little bit of it depends. <laughs> exactly. It, for some customers, yes. For other customers, maybe not. I've got some customers who are really change-averse. But really change-averse. And so th those customers would rather pay 
And doesn't matter what it costs. No, to those be able to customers would rather go back to a file share and emailing documents around. No, <laughs> honestly, honestly, they don't understand the fuzz that SharePoint of, or Office 365 is bringing. Okay, well, th that's lists. So how does an organization like this do something new and manage in any change? Or do they just not change? I guess they must be an organization that isn't very dynamic. They, they or, don't uh, even have lists. They only have... Um, Excel files. Oh yes, the they don't Excel. even do lists, lists because they don't see the appeal. They don't see why they should, because you can work with multiple people at the same time in a, in a, an Excel file. So to that's not really what a list can bring. And in an Excel file, I can make some nice, pretty graphs, and I can do all kinds of cross references, and I can do all kinds of crazy formulas, and I can do all my markup, and I can do all my ba 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 ba. So is it a company that deals with a lot of statistics and, and formula fields or is it a company that uses Excel for data? Because No, it's it's a company <laughs> filled with PhD people. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I've been trying to say this for two minutes, but lists the Excel data killer. You uh, know, yes. I think that's that's where this gonna fits in. And what's interesting is that this is potentially for the first time where an application from Microsoft literally does have with it the go-to application and the go-to reason for doing it, you know? Instead of storing it all in an Excel file and trying to rip the data out to manipulate it because it's just content, really, not really yeah. statistical data, it actually has its own reason for existing. Are you ready for me to drop a bombshell? Go for it! What about Access? The app. I mean, the app. Not security, but what about the Access application? So will lists finally be the access killer the access so database killer lists plus power, plus apps. power apps plus flow plus power bi that's interesting isn't it so shouldn't lists go towards the whole dynamics platform instead of being kept on the office 365 do you actually platform? know what dynamics does and what it is yeah I, I have a trade and event. I've got a trade and inventory Microsoft certification that I really? that I had for about twelve years, and for the last eleven years, I never opened it up again. But <laughs> yes. yes, no, I look at Dynamics, and I obviously know the basics of it in terms of a CRM and all that kind of stuff. But it's bigger and better ERP, than that. ERP CRM. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know that, but uh, I guess. Uh, they still tend to talk about sites more than anything else. But yeah, maybe you're right. Lists, access killer. I think so. I don't yeah. know. You can create a nice... F but because access got... It, it had four things. It, it had your tables, your database. So let's let's go through that list. So one yeah. at a time. So tables we know is going to be a list replacement. Yeah. All right, or, cool. Well, but then the question is, is SharePoint or our lists... A proper relational database. No, but that's where I was going to get with the rest of your four things. Ah, so I was okay, just trying to work okay. this out. Okay. So I think lists and tables, that's fine. Power yeah. BI and reporting. Yeah, so you got your re reporting, yeah. yes. Power apps for your forms on your tables. Forms, exactly. All right. 
yes. and uh, your workflow to do your queries. Uh -huh. The only thing that's missing is the kind of linking of the tables, and we get common data set, the common data The service. Oh, yeah, the thing that they changed five times of names, the and data flex, CDS. Times. But it but it does all of the linking and querying of those tables. So exactly. then, yes, all of these together, now that we have lists as a separate service, potentially, it is an be. access killer. And just like me and that dog. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Wendy obviously has something yeah. to say about lists. Yeah. Yeah, so she's actually saying, Moraine, you're wrong. Oh. You're wrong. 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 <laughs> but then again, ready for another bombshell. Um, go. Okay, so they now pulled lists out of SharePoint. No, they have not done that. We've oh, already okay. covered this, you see. So the lists still stay within SharePoint, but they yeah, now okay. can be somewhere else okay. as well. Okay. But they're still actually in SharePoint. Their backend is still in SharePoint, just yes. like Teams files are backend in, in, in SharePoint, SharePoint as well. It's funny where but, SharePoint gets in. But anyway, the bombshell yeah. is... Well, that. so if you pull out lists out of SharePoint and SharePoint is still that document repository for Teams... And it's got that pages functionality for portals. What will be the next step for SharePoint? Will you Where be able will to pull that out go libraries to? directly? Exactly. From. So would it be, for example, because if you create a private uh, channel in Teams, it would create its own um, site collection right now. One that you can't so, find and know what to do. No, with. exactly. So. It doesn't make sense that it also con creates that container, that website, just to host that uh, document library in. It's all so very, very weird, So maybe they isn't it? should pull out document libraries as well and make it Microsoft Documents and just have that as a basis for all their document management. And then they can pull pages out of it as well and create something like Microsoft Front Page or something. And then um, <laughs> they've got this thing where you can create nice-looking pages and portals. Called SharePoint. Maybe. Yeah. And, then, and then in five years' time, when somebody says, this is stupid having all these things separately, separately all over here. Bring them all Why together. come yeah. to this context of yeah. a site? And <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. It no, is interesting. I, I think if, if Teams is still going to grow in the direction where I kind of feel like where it's going to grow... Um, it, it might it might go that way where we get like documents out of SharePoint as well, or maybe still using that backend layer. But I don't know. We have to have the backend there because that's where the governance and the GDPR stuff. Could do me a favor and just close the door behind sure. you because the dog is starting to annoy me a little bit. So as uh, just to say that uh, no animals were hurt in the production of this podcast. Meow. Um, oh, quick, get the tail stuck in the door, Moraine. Stop pulling the door. That's fine. That's all right. It's good. Okay. No, no animals were armed in the production of this podcast. So, yeah, we have a license. I think in some respects, we get, we're get we living in an age where people are more focused on a specific piece of information. So, like yeah. a list. And it, and typically, Excel spreadsheets, you know. Um, I, was on, I was in two meetings today. And the first thing somebody did was pull open Excel copy and pasted some items in there and then started inserting columns as they started adding subsections and statuses yeah. of the various features and things that were being done. Um, and uh, uh, that person knew what he was doing 
Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, he said, hey, it's just Excel. That's what it's there. It's the workhorse yeah. for everything. Exactly. But, of course, you've got no intelligence or cleverness in there, yeah. which is why lists will potentially yeah. really be a good alternative yeah. for that. Um, and I think documents are a little bit the same. But then again, we have OneDrive already. So it's a bit like multiple OneDrives. Yeah. So, but imagine yes. OneDrive taking on the functionality that a SharePoint library has got today, because there's still some frustrations about being able to add columns and all those kinds of things. So, you know, um, I'm still teaching. Yes, you can put folders in your OneDrive, but no, you shouldn't put oh. folders in your SharePoint yeah. sites, you know, because yeah. that's the only way they can do it. So I think, yes. so I don't know where this is going to go. And you and I had this conversation when this first came out, didn't we? Within, yeah, it'll be libraries next, but it hasn't quite got the same. What's Oomph. the point? No. You know, there's a yeah. really lot of flexibility to do that. It's because everybody's using Excel. Then Microsoft went, hey, we could do something really clever with that and we could make it a nice app and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think I see the logic behind it. Well, they Documents don't serve sure. the, the, the same purpose. No, all the I'm glad. Time, but no, no, absolutely, no. We need to keep Excel. It's not like they're going to kill off Excel. No. No, they absolutely won't. But all of those... Pro Tools type apps have multiple reasons for existence. So, True. No, you know, absolutely. the Word document, I can put statistics in there for fi- for uh, scientific reports. I can put statistics in there for financial reports. Sure. I can put legal terms in there. I can yeah. create documents, write books, all of which have a different aspect to it. Excel's the same, you know. I can do scientific experiments, financial experiments. Yeah. I can, you know. CSV file, yeah, exactly. whatever. PowerPoint yes. is getting that way. Yeah. Create videos, da-da-da. So, they all have multiple yeah. uses of where they're going, which is, you know, why Sway, I think, is probably not going to have much, uh, much use. In the future. It, it never had much use, but anyway. No, uh, I know. And that person whose name we can't remember issued a great Sway the other day to talk about she some did? of the retention stuff. Yes. Oh, okay. I wish a freaking name would come to me. No, still not there. No. Oh, God. Oh, we had dinner with the woman who was in. I uh, know. Orlando, she's going to kill oh. us when she listens to this. Um, yeah, but I don't think she does, so. Oh, no, you blow my... Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, yes, but anyway, yes, so Sway. Yeah, so uh, Microsoft came out with the bombshell news, with lots of bombshells these days, um, that they're per direct are going to stop with the auditing feature on Sway. So well, you What actually have... was that? Was it just a case of tracking who opened it and how many times they viewed it? Or yeah, was something it... like that, yeah. And then to just see uh, who creates one and where they are and stuff like that. Okay, that's just the... Is that because of the way they're actually trying to... Um... Uh, reduce the back-end processing because they're having to put so much at the front and they're getting ready for the new norm? I've got no idea. Maybe they'll go at Ignite and say, look, forget Sway, we've got something better. I don't (laughs) don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay, there's a question there. What is better than Sway? Excel? (laughs) No, no, okay. Um, I've got no idea. What is better than Sway? Oh, well. I think Sway is... It was a nice, um, how do you call that? A nice experiment. And it could do some funny stuff. But I don't think it was, I, I still don't see the business value. <laughs> anyway, no, you've, you've we, been we against had that, this, haven't you, for yeah, a while? Yeah, we had that discussion for so many times already on the podcast, so people must be bored out of it. So, Well, I don't know. I mean... People are still using it, but I wonder whether lots of people are using it or whether 
few people are using it. So it's one of those things that kind of gets used somewhere specifically for certain things yeah. i mean i used it for doing things like my christmas i used to do christmas letters to friends so i'd put it on sway because then you can throw in i kind never of got one of those now well i stopped doing it okay yeah so when joanne did her sway <laughs> <laughs> sorry you were joanne. typing you were joanne typing klein, on I that had to kind of, yeah. i had to sit there and look oh, it up oh my god and uh yeah joanne klein uh fabulous from the middle of nowhere in canada yeah. and uh creating her stuff so yes when uh, she did that sway i was thinking at least somebody is still using it oh yeah um yeah. So, you think that this is the first step of a slippery slope to do things with sway and it's going to disappear in the horizon? The slippery sway slope. The slippery um, sway slope, yes. Go on then, three times in the row. <laughs> slippery sway slope, slippery sway slope. <laughs> All right, take this beautiful black whiskey that we're going to drink later uh, and then try yes. it again. So, but seriously, no. I mean, if you, if you consider shifts and bookings and how they've been integrated into the team's application... Are we going to yeah. kind of see sway functionality of rolling long move well, into PowerPoint kind of functionality maybe? The the problem is that nothing really happened in sway for the last let's say 2 years. That's true. So they need to do something something needs to happen. So they're either going to kill it or they're going to revamp it or find a way of integrating it. Exactly. I think you're right. I yes. do think you're right. But I love the fact that they do this. I just love the idea that they oh, say, course. hey, man, we should, this may be a new market and maybe we can move it and of maybe course. people can find yeah. a business. So yeah. I love the idea that that, that agile way yes. they're going to do I it. I love how right. they experiment with stuff. Yes, that's Just where I was like going. we get the Outlook Spaces, for example. I love how they experiment with stuff, just like the people who are making our whiskey. Just like the people that are making the whiskey. That is very, very good link. Aha. So we're going back to the distillery of the first whiskey we ever tasted on the first ever podcast exactly it's even even my first uh brand of whiskey that i had as a as a bottle for my own yeah my first single malt so it's the brookladdy distillery yes and we highly recommend anybody going to the brookladdy website and uh, have a look for the uh octomore which is actually what we're drinking tonight. We'll come to that in a minute. Yeah. Because there's a great video, uh, a, a really five-minute yeah, I'll YouTube. link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, that sort of has that essence of, of yes. what it is. So What it is, what we do. Yeah. yeah. So, Brian Wilson, I know you never listened to the podcast. I'm calling out Brian Wilson because, uh, Brian, yeah, we both drink a, a reasonable amount of whiskey. We like to taste whiskeys. We like smoky yeah. whiskeys. And he went for his usual... Um, Lagavulin or something I can't remember his favorite one and he couldn't find it and the guy said hey man you should try this Brookladdy Octomore uh-huh all right it is really peaty and he kind <laughs> of uh, yes. he said man it blows your brains out it and does. it does it's yes. very very it's very very done and basically he had a little bit at the bottom of the bottle he said hey why don't you take it and taste it on the podcast oh beautiful so, uh, beautiful so, yeah, I so can thanks kiss to Brian oh. Brian for doing that he actually took a, a Flavia membership oh, so uh, okay. we, at every quarter we now go okay what do you get what do you get what do I get <laughs> yes ooh like little schoolgirls. yeah yeah and okay. he, he actually tasted the uh, Kaya um, Japanese one that we did oh, last time I took mm, it there and we had a it beautiful, was good. beautiful but anyway 
we are drinking something in a very black bottle, which has got a special, unique number. And the yes. name, I think, is dead cool. Absolutely. So it's the name of the farm that grows the barley. Yes. And yes. Uh, again, there's some great images on that video. I've even yes. got them, still got them in my so mind. Optimore Farm. Yeah. And it's funny because they all these all these um, uh, Octomore whiskies they all give them a number. Yes. They're all cask strength. They they all give them a number on on when they bring them out. And uh, this is number nine point one. Nine point one. Ten point one is due out any day now or or any no. time now or no. it's uh, being be. distributed. These are not um, just whiskies that you will just find in the local supermarket. No, you won't. Uh, these are pretty hefty priced. Uh, yeah, there's uh, only four thousand two hundred bottles of each. Yes. Each number, yeah. so that's a couple of barrels. Yeah, yeah. But the they they will literally literally blow you away. So if you ever do a whiskey tasting with friends, make sure you keep this as the last one because after this one, you will not taste anything else for the rest of the day. And and this is Moraine's favorite quote. It says on the bottom of the bottle, "It is a velvet glove around an iron fist." Yeah, I love that quote. <laughs> I love that quote. That is just it, it is a it is a great. So it's yes. from the Brookladder Distillery. It says it's super heavily peated. It is. It's uh, the name of the farm that actually grows the barley, and it's a huge whopping fifty nine point one percent. So. Yeah. It really is good, and from what we uh, what we looked at this, it's actually made from uh, was it four different blends? So um, they basically um, distill it in four different American whiskey barrels. Oh yeah, and yeah. then they blend it together yeah. to mm -hmm. to create that one. So yeah. um, so uh, you love this distillery? You've been to the distillery? I've been to the so distillery two I years ago. Why start pour some in the glass? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, when I was I, I was doing a few days in, on Isla, um, awesome experience. You get to go to Lagavulin, Bunahaven, Brookladi, Kilholman, all these awesome uh, distilleries. And we had a we had a nice tour around uh, the Brookladi. And then at the end, you always get to taste something. So in the other distilleries, you can taste just a glass of something. And then uh, here at Brookladi, the guy. The guy was just putting six bottles on the table. Okay, what do you want? What do you do want? What do you want? What do you want? Okay, and we, we all had a drink. And then he just left those bottles there. Like, go and taste the other ones as well. And then he came with those Octomore bottles and said, I, I'm keeping this one for last. So if you are brave enough to taste this, you can do it. But be aware that you will not taste anything else for the rest of the day. So if you ever do... A whiskey tour and you get to go to Brookladi at 11 in the morning or something please drop this in a little bottle and and try to keep it for the evening because it Either will that or ruin or everything build some uh, napping time in the afternoon yeah so i mean this is the, the smokiest whiskey i've had before this would be the scotches uh the cask mate yeah oh, okay mm -hmm. what was that uh we're having a bad, bad day on names today, isn't it? Yeah. So, da, 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 da. That one, yes. Yeah. That's the smokiest. But that was uh, not as not as smoky as this. No, this is... What, what was that? 157? 156. It is the smokiest, yeah. apparently, parts per million. Smoky yes. parts per million. Yes. So, um, it's the Octomore 09.1. Okay. It's five years dead in the barrel yeah. before it's bottled. 
Um, it is cast strength. Which is strength. not that long, to No, be it's not. So you would expect it to be quite harsh. But everything I've read about this so far says it, this is going to be smooth. The velvet glove in the Iron Fist. Well, okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thin velvet okay. glove. And we already have our glasses of water on the table because uh-huh. this is a whiskey to drink with water. Not necessarily inside the whiskey, but certainly on the side. You're yes. going to get very thirsty yeah. from it. But the first thing that comes, well, actually, the first thing was as I poured it out, I'm literally a meter away from the glass and I have this wonderful aroma of kind of spices and sweet spices, just just as I was passing over the bottle. Okay. And I, and I know the wow. smoke's there. We know the smoke is there. Yes. But as you get further away from the glass, just hold it to, you know, about six or seven inches from your nose rather than at your nose. And you can smell the sweetness, or I can certainly hit the sweetness from... From the nose, but it, it really is beautiful. Okay. And then the colour. It's I mean, very light. It's pure, isn't it? That is it the is word. so very it light. It out of a black bottle. Yeah. But this is, it is really beautiful in terms of its colour. Yeah, but you, you would expect that something this heavy would like be dark, dark brown or something. Yes, yeah. exactly, like pure mud. But no, it's actually super light. So it, it looks very light. It looks very... So, there it goes. What's the verdict? It's like chewing charcoal. Just come off the barbecue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is what it is. Remember the Ledeg? Yes. While you're drinking. That, the, is, that was one of the very smoky ones. It was. Ledeg was very subtle. So, it was like... I said... I described that as drinking smoke. Okay. And the, and the, the peatiness tends to float around your mouth. When you drink this... It's almost as if the peat is at the end of a stick and somebody's put the stick in your mouth and then they're beating it with a mallet <laughs> yes. to, to make sure the charcoal rubs off the side go, of the mouth. Go, go, yes. All right. Um, but it's not It's not painful to drink. You're sitting there pulling it faces. It's it is not, very painful to drink. Don't believe him. No, oh, this God. is superb. Oh, God. No, this is, it is super spicy as well. Super spicy, yes, it is. So, yeah. um, uh, divide on the nose, they, they describe it here as uh, peaty smoke and oak with intense sweetness. Cinder toffee, that's interesting. Yeah, caramelized toffee, you know, where it's you don't like this, do you? Oh, peppery. No, to be honest, I don't. Wow, I love peaty whiskies, but this is too much. No, you ha- I mean, you can't drink it quickly. Yeah, this is not a shot. Oh no, 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 definitely you know, not. As, no, um, as you sip this, you whiskey. will die if you take a shot of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, definitely not. But I do think it is too, too overly peated for my oh, taste. Oh, it's not. It's beautiful for my the second taste. taste I know it's yeah. not so sharp. It's not so sharp. No, it is. It is exploding with spices, and yeah. even when you swallow it away, your mouth is still. Lit on fire. Your mouth is like the big green egg barbecue. Listen, just... listen to Moraine, but at least defied his comments by 10, because I think this is not something that suits him. But it, it does tingle. There's no doubt about that. And the second taste, that the finish just does go on and on with those spices. And the smoke disappears, actually. I can, the, I can guarantee you that tomorrow morning when you wake up, you will still have that taste in your mouth. 
really? So get it, <laughs> it lasts for 12 hours? It depends how, how good you brush your teeth. But yeah. That's, it, it's interesting as I read these toasting notes here from, from Flavia that it talks about a soft, elegant and delicate flavors of nuts. There fudge, is nothing <laughs> delicate about an Octomore. But, but the rose petal is neat. And how salty is it? Very. It is, isn't it? It is peppery and salty. Long peaty yes. finish with a maritime hint of salt. There's a lot of salt in this. It's. I honestly say, I think I love this. Oh, good. So I'm just going to pour a little bit of water <sighs> in listen, there. Listen, folks, just just stick your nose in this for 10 minutes and enjoy the odour of it. it is this, the, oh, yeah, the but I, I, can, I can do with a scented candle made of Octomore. <laughs> yes. I can do There's with that because I just love that smell. But to drink it, no, not Wow, no, but I really, I just really like it. added some water in there. Let's see what that does to the taste. It takes away the explosiveness. The peaty, the peatiness still remains, but the the, the explosive peppery thing is gone. Well, when I used to drink really smoky whiskies, mm-hmm. I always have a water on the side. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, um, when I go into a bar and I, uh, I, I drink a, a peaty whiskey like at this level, if they don't provide water on the side, I know that I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. You know, because they really know their whiskies when they do that. Sure. So this isn't a thing where you drink the the water afterwards. You literally drink it with it, and then yeah. it's not so bad. But. Um, now I like this. Brian, my friend, thank you very, very much. This really is uh, superb. Uh, Moraine, he actually regrets knowing you via me at all whatsoever. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 but no. I, I am, not at all, not at all. I'm actually going to appease uh, Moraine all. later with uh, yes. something else that came through the post uh, uh, that I managed to taste when I was on holiday in England in a minute. So he'll, he'll get his thing, but... Sorry, Moraine. No, no. Like. To be honest, when I was at Isla and I tasted Yoctomore, I even back then I just had immediately that that idea like, okay, that's not for me. You know that thing where you you've always wanted to drive a motorcycle. Yes. And then you see the Hayabusa thirteen hundred that does three hundred and twenty kilometers an hour, and you just look at it and you see. I should never buy that because if I buy that, I will be dead in three days. I'll tell you a funny this story. On the is the same, this is the same thing. I went on a, on a stag weekend uh-huh. and uh, it was in, uh, in England and we ended up doing a number of things, the usual stuff, golf in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, there was lots of drink involved. Of Let's course. just leave it at that. Yes. But in the afternoon, uh, we went uh, on go-karts. Uh, on a proper course it was actually the course that lewis hamilton used to race at when he was oh, a teenager okay. oh, cool. and uh, we basically booked a couple of hours on this thing yeah. and so there they were there was 20 grown men okay and when we got there the go-karts were running around but they were all the the competition carts and they were yeah. moving like shit off a shovel yeah i mean they were just and there was at least six people went Nope. nope. <laughs> We're not going to do that. not. No. And I'm going, listen, the guards you guys have will no be nowhere near as, yeah. as fast as that. And, and you know that I've lost a lot of weight and I, I hadn't lost the weight before. Uh, and I wasn't really very fit. But so the carts they gave us, I think I did five laps 
I got my team into kind of second position and I'd still got 20 more minutes to drive and I just pit stop guys. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was so much hard work, but oh, yeah, it was just guess. fun seeing yes. these guys going, Nope, not for me. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. This whiskey, some people yeah. will go, not for me. It is a crazy idea. It is a dead cool idea. Uh, and I love the fact that they bring it out. I love the fact that they say, look, this is awesome because to be honest it is awesome it is an awesome thing yeah it's just not for me it's just like that hayabusha or that ferrari whatever that can do zero to 500 kilometers an hour in 0.9 seconds that's that cool but i know i will not be buying it not because i have the money or anything but anyway i will not be buying it because i know i will be dead in three days but when we talked about this whiskey and I said, hey, what are we doing today? Are we going to do those three whiskeys uh, Tom and from Tomatol? Uh, or do you want to do the Octomore? I you definitely went, want Octomore. to do this. So you yes. were wanting to do it for a second time. Yes. And even if it confirmed what you thought it the first did, time. It did confirm. Yes, exactly. All right. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. But that, then again, I love that. I love the whiskey. I love the fact that they bring it out. I love the fact that they make it. I love to talk about it. I just don't like to drink it. <laughs> so it's true. I think you cannot enjoy every single whiskey. It would make whiskeys boring. Maybe. But then again, you can you can like every whiskey or appreciate it in its own right, which is what I do with this one. I appreciate that it exists. Agreed. But I think in terms of enjoyment, oh, no. you're going to yes, enjoy some true. whiskeys yes. more than others. If I can choose, if they've got like 10 bottles there, like a Double Wood 17 or a Ledeg, yeah. I would go with those. I wouldn't go for the Octomore. Yeah, and we get choice, of course. Yeah, of course. Unless yeah. I would be with other people who never had an Octomore, I would just like, hey, hey, hey try that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, no. But still... It is amazing that it exists. It's amazing that those people want to experiment with it. So kudos to Brookladi. Um, but it's too peaty for me. Too much horsepower. Yeah, I understand. Well, for me, obviously, it's not. Um, I think that uh, from my... But you like the art bake, don't you? I and do. But that is a total different beast. A total different beast. Yes. Oh, well. Well, I like this so yep. i think there's a little bit more left in the bottle so i'll enjoy that there i'll save it go. for christmas for the one inch party oh yes all right cool well we are definitely going to go over our hour this time yeah uh, but hey c'est la vie uh, we don't even have time to tell everybody about our whiskey tour that we're going to do so maybe we'll save that to the next podcast yes. and we'll get some more details because uh, we're going to have a raft of information we're doing something rather special uh, a post covid as long as we don't end up getting stopped but uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more a little later. Yep. I kind of enjoyed this podcast. It was interesting. We know we've got some pre-recorded stuff, so we yep. kind of didn't get into the depth. But lists are an interesting phenomena. And it's a typical yeah. example of the way we're going to see Microsoft releasing things in the future. So, you know, identifying with those, I think, was uh, an interesting true, process. True. And then we've got ignite coming up in a few weeks so. we do well a few weeks yes wow. it's kind of six weeks away but Something that's like fine that. yeah and i think that's where lists will end up being we'll get a lot more information we around will them. get a lot more there. so and i'm fairly sure you're as an mvp you're going in the back of your head wait and see you wait and see you wait and see I, no but to be honest with all the holidays and stuff i i didn't have time to go on all the 
uh, brought a group call, so I, I even have no idea what has been said. So okay, well anyway, uh, yeah, we talked about lists. Yeah, we talked about presentations. You now have some great information on how you can set your uh, laptops up and the kind of software you need if you are doing virtual presentations. Yeah. But it's not just about a formal presentation with people listening to you. It's about your meetings too. You can improve the ability to present within your own organization by taking some of Dylan's great advice and some of the tools True. so that you, know, you can improve the ability to maybe improve yourself within your organization and become the person that has taken on working from home and, and doing something you know, really special with it. And so, yes, I think there's the benefits there for for all of us. And then we finished off with an Octomore 9.1. And um, interesting that I'm at one end of the scale and you're at the other. But, hey, that's what life and people are all about. We had that with different whiskeys altogether. Yeah, no, we do that. So um, I think it's time for me to say goodbye. So it's goodbye from Steve Dolby on Sci Steve. And as always, I love Moraine to finish this off with just a little goodbye from me at the end of it because <laughs> I can never keep my mouth shut so hey Moraine tell us good night that was it thank you for listening once more and then off to episode 43 will be the next one so thank you all good night and that's a goodbye from me if I give you a bottle will that help you hit the road that would be awesome if only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass. And you said I was the millennial. All right. Out, out. Thank you, miss. See you next time. Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moraine, on the next Office 365.